Hello everyone, my name is Jonathan Hewitt and welcome to the Conservative Voice Show. Your place for honest, controversial, and the hottest in political conversations. Hey everybody, so today we're going to jump into the poll data and we're going to jump really in depth into the poll data as we're sitting about four days from the election and then obviously the weekend coming up and the Halloween and everything like that. So we'll check in all those polls, see what they're saying about the presidency, see where President Trump and Joe Biden are sitting. And then after we're done talking about that, there's also news breaking in Pennsylvania about the National Guard being called in amid all the rioting and protesting following the shooting of an armed man there. And then tomorrow, also make sure that you check in for a spooky special where we'll briefly cover the political news and the breaking news of the, of the day. And then we'll go into some Halloween fun. So make sure you stick around, check out tomorrow, and hopefully it'll be ghouling, I guess. God, my jokes are terrible. Anyway, so first thing is the polls. So the polls have been tightening across the board. The And I think it's all after that second debate with President Trump is when you look at it, um, you go to Real Clear Politics, which we'll be using today, along with 538. You can see a distinct, almost turning point in the election, where some polls had Biden up almost double digits, mid-double digits, coming up to the early 20s. And after the debate, and as we moved closer to the election, those have definitely uh, began to tighten. In races in places like Florida and North Carolina and other battleground states, they have began to favor or trend in Trump's direction. And so those, are, I guess, are like the two like keynotes of it. But there have been polls that have been released yesterday and today. Um, yesterday, The Hill had Trump up four points. I'm sorry, Biden up four points in the general election. Um, today, the general election from an IBDTIPP has Biden only up three points, which is incredibly close, seeing that's the general election. Um, Rasmussen in North Carolina has Trump up one point as of today. Uh, Trafalgar Group has Trump up three points in a Florida poll from today. Uh, yesterday, The Hill, NBC, and Quinnipiac have Biden up only single digits, mid-single digits. So three points from The Hill, four points from NBC, three points from Quinnipiac. And so when looking at this, as of the ones from today, seeing that Rasmussen has Trump up one point in North Carolina, Rasmussen has accurately predicted elections 80% of the time, according to 538. And when we look at the national average that they're talking about in the general election, what we have to kind of remember is that the general election is the, the popular vote. And Trump can lose the popular vote, he can. Hillary, Hillary beat Trump in the, in the popular vote by almost three million votes in 2016. But what matters is the electoral votes. And so, even though that he's up now, that doesn't mean that Biden's going to win the election. And what we also can look at is that that national vote has continued to shrink. 
from mid-October with some polls having Biden ahead in double digits. Like I was saying, the general election has shrunk from almost a 13-point lead in Biden's favor to a three-point lead within the margin of error for Biden. So what does all that really mean with the general election and the national average is that the data is trending in Trump's direction. And as long as the weekend goes good for him, there's a possibility that Trump could very well walk away with the presidency in November. Not by a landslide at all. I do not believe that he will have a landslide victory. But remember that Hillary won popular votes and a large majority of the polls going into the 2016 election. So speaking of Hillary Clinton in the polls in 2016 and just kind of comparing them from where we're at now to there, this time in 2016, Florida, Hillary was up three points. Trump ended up winning Florida. North Carolina, Hillary was up two points. Trump won North Carolina. And Clinton was up four points in Pennsylvania this time last year. And Trump walked away with Pennsylvania. If Trump takes those three states and wins everything that he won last year, he's going to win the election. He's going to. Florida is a 29, counts as 29 electoral votes in the college. North Carolina having 15 electoral votes, which are huge. And that's why you see both Joe Biden and the president campaigning so hard and heavy in those three states. Is Florida 29 electoral votes. That is huge. Almost half as much, well, over half as much as there is in, Cal- in California. So with that being said, speaking of just the rest of the, some of the rest of the battleground states, Arizona is still a toss-up. According to the um, Real Clear Politics National Average, it's a tie. Literally a dead tie. But the majority of the polls have Arizona remaining right-leaning. Biden has also foregone Arizona. He's He's choosing not to campaign in Arizona right now for whatever reason it may be. He went and campaigned in Nevada instead of Arizona, where Arizona still holds 11 delegates over the, I believe it's five delegates that Nevada holds. And so you're going to give up, even if, let's say, that Biden wins Nevada but loses Arizona, he foregone Arizona for whatever it is. For whatever reason, either he thinks he already won it or he doesn't think that he needs it to win the election, both of which I think is ridiculous. 11 points is still a lot of delegates, more than Minnesota, where he's campaigning in Minnesota against Trump, more than Nevada, where he went to campaign. So giving away that key, what he could have flipped from red to blue this year, he just gave up on it. I think that that is going to be a very, very big loss for him. Speaking of toss-ups and ties, there's a big chance that Trump may do something this year that hasn't been done since 1972. So in a report from Fox News, written by Paul Steinhauser, Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden and President Trump crossed paths for a second straight day in a crucial battleground state as they enter the final week before Tuesday's vote. On Thursday, they faced off in Florida, Friday, which is four days to go until the general election on November 3rd, the showdown takes place in Minnesota, which suggests that a state long carried by Democrats in presidential elections may be in place. President Richard Nixon was the last Republican to win the state during the 1972 landslide re-election. But four years ago, Trump nearly lost 
Minnesota, and its 10 electoral votes to 2016 Democrat nominee Hillary Clinton. And for over a year, the president and his re-election campaign have been eyeing the state in hopes of breaking the losing streak and flipping Minnesota from blue to red. That would be a monumental victory for Trump. And it would be very good for his re-election. If he could end up flipping Minnesota from blue to red, one, it would just be, it would be history making as it hasn't happened since 1972. And two, that would be an additional 10 votes that he did not have when he won the election in 2016. And so the data from Real Clear Politics when it comes to Minnesota is it's a bit convoluted in my opinion, but as I was saying in the beginning, a lot of the polls are beginning to trend in Trump's favor. And Minnesota is definitely one of those. So yesterday, a poll released from Survey USA, Trafalgar Group, Minnesota Post, and Star Tribune, all which have Trump I'm sorry, Biden leaving, leading in a low to mid single digit lead, all within very close margins of error. So the survey group has Biden up five points with the margin of error being 4.6%, which even if it swings in Trump's favor, still 0.4%, but that is still incredibly, incredibly close. The travel group has Biden up three points with a margin of error of 2.9%. So there is a good chance that that Minnesota could go to Trump and that Trump could win Minnesota in the election. So speaking of continuing with that swing state and battleground state data, the same time in 2016, the real clear politics national average. So the national average or the popular vote, like I was saying earlier, Clinton was leading by four points. The RCP has Biden only up 3.6%. But that is taken that Biden is doing worse nationally than Clinton did in 2016. And Trump still won the election in 2016. Over the last month or so, Biden's lead has steadily dropped from almost every polls, from some of them having double digit leads to being low single digits within the margin of error, which we've already shown in the few brief polls we've gone over so far. The Hill had Biden up five points, However, the Hill only has a poll accuracy of 60%, according to 538, meaning that out of all the elections that it surveyed and that it polled on, it has only been accurate almost half the time. The insider advantage, which has actually predicted over 70% of the elections, has Trump up two points in a poll from just last week. And for those who also don't know why we talk about battleground, battleground states so much, is because they are the ones that either they're purple states. Sometimes they vote blue, sometimes they vote red, and they hold enough delegates to have an impact on the election. And Pennsylvania, even more so right now, is super powerful, and it's up there with Florida. Pennsylvania holds 20 delegates, and therefore both both candidates need and want Pennsylvania and Florida as victories in order to hold the electoral college majority. So speaking of Florida, yesterday, Quinnipiac, The Hill, and NBC all had Biden up between three and four points. Quinnipiac had him up three points with a margin error of 2.7. 
NBC had him up, like I said, four points with the margin error, four, point, four points, and that is extremely, extremely close. So those were yesterday's polls. Today's polls that released, Rasmussen and Traffle Group had Trump up in Florida. Traffle Group had Trump up three points with a margin of error of 2.9. Rasmussen had Trump up four points with a margin of error of 3.5%. So both of those are reliable polls according to three point, I'm sorry, both of those are reliable polls according to 538 with both having over 70% accuracy in predicting elections. And it's worth noting that even if the margin of error in both the Traffel Group and the Rasmussen poll swings in Biden's favor, Trump still holds Florida either by a 0.1% or 0.5%. He still wins Florida. He still wins those 29 delegates. If it swings in Trump's, I'm sorry, in Biden's favor. So like I said, Florida has mimicked almost every other poll with a Trump-leaning trend towards favoring Trump. I think that it means we can clearly see that the American people are beginning to wake up, that they are beginning to see that Biden is not the best choice for America, that he's not what America needs, and further that a shy Trump vote, which everyone talks about and I still think is out there, is going to be very, very impactful in this election. The difference is, is that between the shy vote in 2016 with Hillary Clinton and this year is that the difference is even worse. There's even more try Trump voters because Trump voters are continuously harassed by the left, unlike they were in 2016. And a majority of Republicans do not share their polling data and they don't share who they're going to vote for because they just don't want to hear about it. Second, I think that the second presidential debate did monumental things for President Trump. It brought a lot of Republicans back home. A lot of Republicans that were on the fence on whether or not Trump was stable enough to be president again, whether another four years with President Trump was worth it, or if Biden was just a more boring, just half-dead candidate that they didn't really have to worry about. Well, that second debate brought a lot of them home that Trump is what America needs. He is going to do what America needs and that Biden is not a favorable outcome for us. So like I said earlier, do I think that Trump will have a landslide victory? No, absolutely not. I think that it's going to be very, very close and that the deck is continuously stacked against him. And this is proven where a couple days ago, North Carolina and Pennsylvania Supreme Courts voted that they would allow ballots to be counted after November 3rd. So according to Andrew Liptak in the New York Times, he reports in a pair of decisions welcomed by Democrats, the Supreme Court on Wednesday let election officials in key two, I'm sorry, in two key battleground states, Pennsylvania and North Carolina, accept absentee ballots for several days after election day. In Pennsylvania's case, the court refused a plea from Republicans in the state that it, that it decide before election day whether elections officials can continue receiving absentee ballots for three days after November 3rd. In the North Carolina case, the court let stand lower court rulings that allowed the state's Board of Election to extend the deadline to nine days, nine days 
after election day. Up from three days called by the state legislatures, the court's brief orders in the two cases were unsigned. The Pennsylvania order appeared to be unanimous, while the North Carolina, North Carolina one was issued over three noted dissents. So what does that mean? Well, <laughs> that's crazy. It's, it's absolutely crazy. That could mean that it could be 12 days, not 12 days, nine days after the election, after November 3rd, before we know who's, who the president of the United States is. That means that it could be November 12th before we know who won the election. And that's if neither President Trump or Joe Biden contests the election. If it's contested by either candidate, who knows when we will have the results from the election? It's absolutely crazy. And just, it goes to show that what are the Democrats willing to do to either A, muddy the water and muddy the election, and B, to try to continually stack the deck against President Trump. It's, it's absolutely crazy and it's going to be even more crazy to see how November 3rd and the night of November 3rd and the, and the days that follow the election, how all of that's going to turn out. All right, so on to the second topic. After almost three days of continued riding in Pennsylvania, the National Guard and the governor finally acted. Now, I must say, I'm, I'm actually proud of Governor Tim Wolf. Sorry, Tom Wolf, Governor Tom Wolf. Like, he has done what no other Democratic governor has done in regards to the rioting, and it didn't take him 60 days to do it. So with that being said, according to Fox News, um, according to an article written by Fox News and Peter Atkin and Leland Vitteret, additional Pennsylvania National Guard arrived in Philadelphia on Friday to bolster protections after days of rioting following the police-involved shooting of a black man. As guardsmen arrived and organized themselves, at least one passerby kept shouting, you are three days late. Where were you three days ago? True statement. I can agree. Walter Wallace Jr. was shot Monday by two officers responding to a domestic call about someone with a weapon. So looting and rioting became more prevalent on the second night, prompting Governor Tom Wolf to authorize the deployment of National Guard troops as police struggled to contain the protests and riots that broke out across the city. Initial troops arrived on Wednesday, but additional troops have arrived as city center becomes more heavily guarded. So that is, that's awesome. I can honestly say that for a Democrat governor to be willing to do that so quickly, I applaud him for that. That is phenomenal, direct contrast to his colleagues and shows that he at least has the intestinal fortitude to do what's right for his state. Now, remember that what all of this started about though, so this is all stemming from the shooting of Walter Wallace, where all of the available evidence suggests that it's a justifiable shooting. The police respond to a domestic call involving a man with a weapon. They get there, find Walter Wallace wielding a knife. They continue to readjust themselves, reposition themselves, pointing their guns at them, telling him to drop it, drop the weapon, continue to try to retreat, until at one point Walter Wallace charges them and unfortunately they have to shoot him in order to stop that lethal threat. And that led to Walter Wallace unfortunately dying and succumbing to his injuries. 
But instead of waiting for the evidence to come out, waiting for the investigation to take place, rioting and looting overtook the streets of Philadelphia where 30 plus officers were injured. One officer being ran over by intentionally by a vehicle. There's video that um, yesterday's show where I showed that a police officer was intentionally ran over by a lifted pickup truck. Like that is absolutely uncalled for. Countless stores have been looted. There's video of Walmart being ransacked by thousands of looters. A five below being ransacked by looters. Storefronts with their glass broke. All of this in the name of systemic racism and trying to combat that because the stores that provide you with their daily service every single day are a endemic and is part of the calamity of systemic racism in America. And so even though the governor may have acted, what has the Democrat mayor, Jim Kinney, done about it? Absolutely nothing. He hasn't done a single damn thing, A, to support the law enforcement. They're out there risking their lives every single day to try to bring his city back into order. B, he hasn't done a single damn thing to retake his city. He hasn't done a single damn thing to ensure the safety of the citizens. But he had the same rhetoric that he had back in June when riots broke out in the city where he said that he would waive every single citation and every single charge written by law enforcement that pertained to rioting and looting. Like what kind of message does that send to the city? What kind of message does that send to the business owners that have their cities, I'm sorry, that had their businesses destroyed by the looters? What kind of message does that send to the citizens that were injured by the protesters and the rioters? What kind of message does that send to the America about what you're willing to stand for? It's absolutely crazy and is a stigma that has plagued democratic cities since BLM and Antifa have taken them over in riots and looting. So like I said at the beginning of the show, not much really has broken out in regards of news today besides obviously the Pennsylvania news and then uh, President Trump and Joe Biden being on the campaign trail in Minnesota. To wrap it all up, I will just restate that I think that we're going to see a lot tighter election than what was originally predicted. I think that Trump's numbers are continuing to press towards him winning a victory on November 3rd or November 12th. Whatever the new voting day comes as the Democrats try to push the issue of the election. And second, I think that the rioting and looting in America's streets are just a vision of what is to come if the left continues with their rhetoric and what will come if Joe Biden wins the election. If they're not willing to take over the streets now, what are they willing to do when they're in office and have the power to just shut down and suppress the media, suppress political speech, use big tech companies to their advantage and ultimately suppress Americans? That's what we're, that is what we're voting for. And we're seeing it every single day in the news. So, all right, guys, that is it for today's show. Make sure you, sp- you check in tomorrow for that spooky special, which I'm super happy for. I can't wait to do it. I'm going to be dressed up in my Halloween costume and going to be sitting here so you all can see my goofy self as we go over the news. Make sure, drop a comment if you haven't already. Drop a like, follow, follow me anywhere and find me anywhere that you watch your podcast. And then also check out my YouTube channel, which will be in the show description to watch the video live. 
I hope you all have a great weekend, a safe weekend, a happy Halloween, and I'll see you all tomorrow. God bless.